Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris of Velosos and welcome back to Socialist Tuesday, everyone. Stay listening. So Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on Socialist Tuesday where you'll find out what's happening in the world of Socialist. Socialist, it's a sewing blog for everyone. Zero Waste Sewing is the first Socialist theme month for 2021, running in February and it's quite fitting as many people tend to use the new year to rethink their sewing goals. Today, Denise Archer of the Socialist team talks about scrap-busting ideas and we take a closer look at the People's Sewing Army. Denise, welcome to the latest Socialist podcast for our theme month, which is Zero Waste Sewing. Thank you so much, Maria. I'm very happy to be here. Denise, what is your Instagram name and how can people find you on social media? (laughs) I can be found in, I would say, two and a half places. And they half place, I'll explain. So, you know, I'm Denise Archer. I'm an at-home mom, but I'm also a publisher of a teen zine called Fred Eagle. I'm the founder of the People's Sewing Army, and I live in Portland, Oregon. And that means that I post things on Instagram. My personal sewing embroidery projects and a little bit of breast cancer tidbits, just because I'm sewing garments for a chest without breasts, is at pinprick. That's pin dot prick with three R's. If you're interested in community involvement, the People's Sewing Army is where you can also find me. And that is at the People's Sewing Army. And then the half part would be the teen zine content, which is not my voice, even though I'm the publisher of it. That's the kids. Those are the teens. And that is at the Fried Eagle. So if we can work backwards, have you been working on teen zine for a while? Oh, yeah. It started out when the kids were in first grade. So they were about seven years old and we've matriculated through and we're on volume eight. Yeah, we're on volume eight now. So eight years of doing it. So in that eight years, you would have seen quite a few changes from a technology perspective in publishing. No, not at all, because it's very punk rock. It's very punk rock. It's just, it's just like literally scrap pieces of paper and just finding when they were younger, it was just like finding the kids on the playground. It's like, hey, we need, you know, a drawing of a dog or we need a comic. Can you do this? And they would just like stop running around and jumping and they just sit like on the on the ground you know the hard gravel and just put the paper that was all dirty and then just start drawing with with the pencil and later on they learned how to ink it you know they just they type on their laptops and they can share it in google docs with me but no we we just print it out and just cut it and tape it it sounds like fun though and a good way for them to express themselves yes definitely definitely Is sewing your main craft? Yeah, I've been sewing since I was 15. And then I fell in love with embroidery, which I started as a young mother because it was portable. Yeah, it was was really, it was knitting versus embroidery. I took knitting classes before it became a mom, but for whatever reason, it turned into embroidery after. I totally relate to more embroidery than knitting. 
I still have a goal of knitting a sweater. I, I really want to knit a sweater. So we'll, we'll see. I have too many hobbies right now. I don't know if I can fit knitting in. The sewing that you do, how has that evolved since you first started? Well, my machines are bigger and stronger. They use electricity because I first started on my mom's treadle. <laughs> wow. Which I have one now in my sewing room, you know, it, but the evolution of it, I follow patterns better than I did when I was 15, when I felt like, oh, I can just create this and I would be using the wrong fabrics or uh, it'd be a little bit too big or too tight. Mm -hmm. I still have a love for Issey That's kind of what really, really got me into it. I have the same pattern that I made back in high school that I want to make again, an Issey pattern. Another goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in that time, because we're here to talk about zero waste sewing, can I assume that that's how you came across so many different scrap busting ideas? I don't really use the internet as a source of inspiration. I mean, maybe I do. I, I do through Instagram, just the people who I follow and just coming across things. And there's so much creativity out there, but I also tend to get overwhelmed by social media and everything. So um, I try, I don't, I don't, I've actually Instagram's the only social media I've ever joined. Yeah, I'll use that occasionally, but I, I just like to go outside and look at nature and get inspired that way. I have this motto, you know, just get, get outside of your head and into your hands. And honestly, for me, what works is just going outside, listening and observing and trusting myself, trusting the process. I think for anybody, you know, you'll, you'll find your creative voice with time and using scraps actually helps just because it sets parameters and just collect things around the house and make you have it in you. Now that we're both a part of the socialist team and this month is the zero waste sewing theme month what are some of the scrap busting projects or ideas you want to put out there for listeners to think about working on I have a lot of things that I'm, I'll post to my feed because I've, I've already written two articles for the month yep. and they're a personal narrative perspective as a young mother raising a son while trying to have a, a simple home life versus Nerf, Pokemon, the movie Cars, and all, all those things that, that gets into your home. And then the second article is about making rag dolls, how that is affecting our extended family. It's, it's an experiment. And that's all I'll say on that one, because that's a pretty entertaining article. When the U.S. had the in insurrection, you know, that was very disturbing. So I just kind of dropped everything. And I, I was on, I was on the internet actually, but I, I downloaded because what I felt just inspired by was just thinking of vintage paper dolls. So I just downloaded a bunch of paper dolls and, and vintage playing card images and uh, Piero, that, uh, that French clown, you know, not, not the creepy clowns, but, <laughs> no. but the pretty French clown and just collected things around the house. And I just created for a week. And it was, it was mostly kind of paper crafting, but, you know, adding small vintage trims and ribbons and found objects into it too. And I, I just felt like I just needed to get that out of me. I created all these kind of weird random things, but I also created a mood board for my fashion inspirations. So that was good. 
if you're interested in why scrap busting is important to me, I can say that waste bothers me and I, I bother my husband with it. We are children of the 70s. Raised in the Pacific Northwest, my husband was raised by hippies. And even though I was not raised by hippies, you know, we, we were, I was in the Pacific Northwest on Whidbey Island at the time and surrounded by hippies and that philosophy. My philosophy that I have kind of taken with it is, well, why throw away all these amazing things when you can create with it? You think about it. When kids are bored, there's a surge in creativity that happens. When my son, when he was younger, he'd be like, I'm bored. I'm like, that's wonderful. You are going to find something to do that's new and different. And, you know, and I, I say that with a, that is the case if they're in a safe and accessible home. If you're in another country with too much time and too little money, you end up getting really creative. But again, you know, if you're in a safe and accessible location and when you don't have access to resources to purchase the latest and greatest hobby widget, you know, you end up getting really creative. Have you ever heard of the Recycled Orchestra from Paraguay? Tell us about it. Basically, the, these families that live on a landfill and the adults ended up getting together and creating musical instruments out of found objects in the landfill. Violins, trumpets, you're talking about everything, cellos, bass, guitars, yeah, saxophones, whatever, out of objects in the landfill. And uh, it's so inspiring. I mean, they, these, these folks have nothing, 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 but they are able to create music. And they did it with the resources that they had on hand. The question I then had is, when your son has come to you and said, I'm bored, and that's his creative time, have you seen that that's helped in developing who he is today? Yeah, well, I, I don't get that question anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, not that I'm the mom of the year, because I'm certainly not, but it's saved me from that question. I think he just kind of knows. But then, you know, there's also um, the internet and that uh, is easier for him to talk with friends. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of video game time that happens too. But, you know, I try to restrict that and it's like, just find something else. But he has lots of different hobbies now. But, you know, part of that was accessing YouTube one time when he was really bored and he's gotten into magic with playing cards and sleight of hand. He's got these amazing fingers that are very quick. So that just means he'd be great at craft. <laughs> I The one article they did right for the socialist, the first one talks about him and his friend sewing when they were 13 and how that went. <laughs> well, at least he's done one step towards sewing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you the ending. It's a cliffhanger. You have to read it. <laughs> you have to read it. Another socialist article that we just have to read. <laughs> and this month being February, there are going to be a lot of zero waste sewing articles on the blog. So I think we're just going to be given so much information to choose from if we aren't already going down the path of zero waste. Yeah, you know, th this pandemic through all the fear, anxiety and sorrow, there has also been these incredible surges in creativity and pivots that people have had to do. And, and this is the time just to get out of your head and into your hands for a minute 
you know, not, not all the time, but you know, just when you need a respite and a break, just find the things in your house and just reuse them. And things are going to continue to happen in our environment. And if we can find one way of getting some sort of uh, relief from that and some sort of peace within ourselves, I think that's a great way to go about it. You've said that sewing is your main craft and that you've created paper dolls when you felt anxious. Are there any other crafts that you do? Okay. So this is the reason why I haven't fit in knitting because (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like embroidery really, really, I love embroidery. I just love it, but I love to write. And I've always written since I was a kid. I actually love to cook and bake occasionally. And then there's times where I just need a break. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that right now. It doesn't feel good. I collect a bunch of cookbooks at the thrift store and I have way too many. I'll never be able to cook out of all the recipes for my entire life, but I've got them. You know, needle felting with wool is kind of fun. I really do enjoy that occasionally. That's been set aside for several years, but I'll get back into it. But right now, yeah, it's just kind of this random just collection of ephemera and just making just weird little things. Like in that week of the insurrection, I made my mood board, which is great. But I also had downloaded just, just all these little free images, but these vintage monkeys. And I used, uh, you know, the spirals on notebooks, the plastic spirals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like to throw those away. So I collect those and then I'll recycle the paper. Those were awesome. I finally used the spirals. They were so <laughs> cool because I, I took these little um, wooden sticks that my son used to play with when he was younger and I painted those, but then I attached the spirals to them. And then I attached the paper monkey on the end of that. Okay. And it became these jumping monkeys. It was awesome. And my son actually looked at one. He was like, he laughed and he actually wanted one, which I was like, really? You want one of these? And he was <laughs> like, yeah. So I was like, okay, sweet. But yeah. And then I, you know, I use all my vintage trim. So I, I, I created this one moon. I, I created what I call the homunculus. And I'm working on some jumping jacks and uh, this creepy doll garland right now. You must have so much in your house that you can access. You know how you have people who just give you things because they're like, oh, you sew. So therefore you must want embroidery floss or, you know, therefore Mm -hmm. you must want this vintage trim. When my son was in preschool, he had this really amazing art teacher who was very inspiring. He wore a lot of vintage. I'm into vintage. I like, I like things messy. So when I, when I create, she in the art room with the preschoolers and the kindergartners, she had all of these old flapper dresses. I was like, what? She's like just pieces of 1920s flapper dresses, not the whole dress, but just like pieces that she'd gotten because she used to really be into vintage stuff. It's like, all right, you're going to use that. But she, she gave me some things. I wish you'd have given me a piece of the flapper dress, but no, I didn't get that. But she gave me some things. So I just put it in a little shoebox. And... Good. So let's get on to the people sewing army then. Yes. Okay. The People Sewing Army is a collective of sewists who feel compelled to repurpose their scrap fabric and donate it to individuals and organizations in need. So it's by the people for the people. And our mission is very simple. It's we use our sewing scraps for good causes. And the main value we have is we love our planet and the people on it. And the first step is to join. And that one is simple. And the second step is to act. And that one is not as simple. However, there is no obligation for you to act. You simply act when you are moved to do so. 
So what you put into the sewing army is up to you. This is not about anybody feeling guilty, like, oh, I really want to help this really good cause. You know, it's when you have the time and when you have the scrap fabric. Yeah. And, and you're inspired by the, the organizations that we help out, then great. Is the People Sewing Army a local organization? No, it's on Instagram. It's international, which makes it a little more complicated because if you're outside of Portland, Oregon, you are shipping your waste. Okay. The waste that's been created into this beautiful thing that is needed in the community over to Portland, Oregon. However, and, and you know, um, during the Australia fires, there was a lot of need and it was really difficult as the people sewing army to try to act that fast because, you know, we're not for emergencies. This takes a lot more planning and time, but I think I've figured out a way to do that where I will just post very quickly on the feed. Hey, this is what's going on. And these are the organizations that need something. And that way people can get involved that way. So it's not necessarily through the people sewing army as it is just information that's shared by the sewing army. But then um, I I will still talk to individual organizations that uh, have needs and will be very planful about those missions. Would you like to hear about some of the organizations? Yes, I would really love to hear about (laughs) the organizations now. So what we've done so far is the first mission that I launched, it was really successful. It was the community transitional school and that's a uh, a school for homeless children. And we made toys for them for Christmas. And it was specifically Christmas because homeless kids don't necessarily have access to the same kind of lifestyle that people who are in homes. And and now I think you actually say houseless. So they wanted just to celebrate some of the, the standard holidays that other families just have access to. So yeah, we made Christmas toys. Then we went to SMIRC, which is the Sexual and Gender Minority Resource Center. And that's a drop-in center for queer kids. And we made pride patches, bow ties with hankies and scrap boas. And SMIRC was incredibly grateful for that. It really touched them a lot. And then we went to the Audubon Society's Wildlife Care Center and That sounds like a boring title, but actually it's the busiest care center in the U.S. It treats literally 3,000 animals for release back into the wild per year. And they literally have had a bear on the surgical table. It is only run by three people too. I mean, it's nutty. It's just like these people are working. It's open seven days a week and they've been working through the pandemic. How did you find them if there are only three people? It's a smaller subset of the Audubon Society. And I used to work in the nonprofit sector. Okay. I've known about all these organizations. So I was like, okay, these places are really cool. And I really love the mission. And I know we can help them. They wanted, honestly, napkins. They wanted napkins to thank all their volunteers. Because while it is only three on staff, they rely so much on their volunteers. There's like an incredible amount of volunteers. So they do these volunteer appreciation parties. And because they are the Audubon Society, they don't want to use throwaway napkins. And, you know, at some point, if you sew, you're going to have a scrap square of cloth. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be a perfectly uh, sized napkin. I mean, who cares? People just need napkins. In fact, we're still accepting napkins, but uh, they also wanted quilts for the recovering birds in the bird sanctuary. 
after their surgeries. And that, that was really cute and sweet because there was a lot of stipulations. You, you couldn't have a lot of big patterns on the quilt because the birds would mistake them for insects and start pecking. Oh. <laughs> There's certain things that you learn from doing this. Yeah, that was a good one. But we're still accepting napkins. So I need to post that again. We, uh, this, this mission kind of was a fail. Farm Worker Housing Development Corporation. It's a really cool place, but we had just gotten done with napkins and quilts and, and they wanted more napkins and snack bags and beeswax food wraps. So we can try again with them. It's a really cool organization. We're going to go back now that people are going to be getting vaxxed soon. And hopefully we will have maybe a summer. We are going back to Smirk and Smirk is super happy. They would like more pride patches and bow ties, which were super popular. And we're going to make cuffs with either pride flags on them or gender pronouns. And Smirk's going to distribute that during pride. Can I ask, what's a cuff? A bracelet. Okay. okay. Bracelet, like a, a thicker bracelet out of yep. scraps. It's super easy out of scraps and just embroider. You can embroider they, them, or she, her, or he, he, his. They. Yeah. Or do pride flag on them. And it's really good that you've got a background in not-for-profits because you can then figure out who to go to next that the People Sewing Army can contribute to. Yeah, I've always worked in the nonprofit sector, developing and running programs. So I like to keep my finger on the pulse of Portland's community by volunteering and working on bigger projects. Yeah, it's good. That's really great to know. And you're right, when it comes to the napkins, everyone's got a scrap of fabric somewhere. Yeah, no, you know what? Here in Portland, Oregon, you know, as long as they can wipe their hands and wipe their mouths, that's all that's needed. You know, and I think today with you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of anger and anxiety right now. And so if we can work together to create a beautiful moment, just a sentiment of helping those in need, love and caring, then that's a good little exhale. And we need those small moments of exhales right now. And there's, there's also a lot of hope and grit. And there's a lot of small, beautiful moments around us. And so the People's Sewing Army just strives to be one of them for us to thrive as a global community. It's a good organization that can help where they can but also by using scrap fabrics for the various projects that you've already talked about. Yeah. How it works for me. I mean, I can't explain how it works for other people or describe that, but you know, when I sew a garment, if there's just little pieces, they go into this scrap bag that I use for stuffing and the bag is in a a basket and larger pieces. if, If I can't use them for anything else, they get cut up into smaller pieces and go into that basket. And I use that for all sorts of stuffing for the rag dolls that I'm going to be talking about for, you know, these embroidered heart pillows, just for so many things for the closet core poofs. I made a couple of those and I have plans for one more. And then the larger ones just go in different bins, just according to what they are. And one of my goals for this pandemic was I just pulled out my knit bin because it's just so big and it was overflowing. And I was just like, you know what? If I can just use up all of this stuff in this knit bin during the pandemic, that's a win. So I'm working through that bin and I've made so many things out of that bin. The creativity is in you. So of course you could be able to do that (laughs) and enjoy it too. It's not as if it's a chore. You're actually getting joy out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know some of them were great gifts, just like eye pillows. Well, and for myself, just like a whole bunch of underwear, 
even little tanks. Yeah, I, I just pieced together a bunch of different like scrappy sleepwear shirts and like sleep shorts. And oh yeah, there are so many things. <laughs> so with the People's Sewing Army, you know, while we've talked about all of it, let, let's try to wrap this up into something tangible. And here's some statistics that I have. Now I ask all of the volunteers and all these wonderful, gracious people, if they can email me and just, or DM me and share the approximate weight, if they have like a little food scale, they can weigh it or the regular scale of the item that they sent to the organization and approximately how many items did they make. And so I've been keeping a tally of that. And so, so far, our results are that we have created 548 items that have inspired and loved another person. And this is 548 acts of caring through Mm -hmm. garbage. And that also has resulted in 28 kilos or 61 pounds of scrap fabric kept from the landfill. That's a great result. Yeah. So, you know what? And it's not hard, you know, it's just me just posting occasionally and people getting involved when they have their scrap fabric and, and, and feel compelled. And that's a really lovely way of measuring how much has not gone into landfill, but how do you measure all those acts of love? Yeah. Yeah. So we're just doing it through each item that was made and, and they, they really do touch people mm-hmm. really do touch people. Even the napkins for the volunteers, you don't think, oh, that's, that's not going to touch them. But to hold a handmade or just, just a fabric napkin yeah. and know that the Audubon Society is going to say, oh, yeah, volunteers made this. It feels better than if you were handed just a ripped up, you know, paper towel. Here you go. Here's your paper towel with your food. Mm. It makes it a little uh, more homey. It really reflects their values as volunteers because they're volunteering their time because they care about something. And this is another way of showing the volunteers that what they do is valued. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Denise. Oh, well, thank you, Maria. I really appreciate being here. And thank you for sharing this. It's great to have another socialist podcast that is specific around what we're doing for theme month, which is zero waste sewing and what you've been doing what you've talked about gives us all something more that we can try and do throughout the year yeah definitely and reduce landfill yes yes absolutely thank you so much thank you too denise have a lovely day listeners this episode of so organized style podcast for the socialists was produced for the socialist team by me maria theoharis with permission of the socialist team sound by bensound.com there are over 30 socialist podcasts already available from 2020 to listen to if you've missed out on previous socialist podcasts contact the socialist through their blog or instagram account if you would like to contribute your zero waste sewing story you can subscribe to so organized style podcast but with an s not a z on apple spotify amazon music google stitcher iHeartRadio, and from all good podcast apps contact socialist via the blog thesocialist.com or on the socialist instagram account if you want to share your zero waste sewing experience on the socialist we look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time stay safe everyone